You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about the mystery of the church. And the church itself is a mystery. It's something that was hidden, even from the Old Testament prophets. They didn't see it. We read a scripture a couple of days ago in the book of Ephesians, how that this was something that was hidden in the heart of God. You know, it's interesting because uh, when you read the New Testament writers, you can see that uh, other writers like Peter, Jude, even John to a certain extent, didn't have, James, another one, didn't have the full understanding of the revelation of the church like that of the Apostle Paul. And he says very clearly that he was caught up to the third heaven. You can read about that in 2 Corinthians 12, also Galatians chapter 1. There is where he was shown the plan of God, especially concerning the church. All right, now, he gives details about how the church leaves this earth, what its future is, and how it comes to be with the Lord. Now keep this in mind. The whole purpose of the church is to ultimately wind up being with the Lord physically. When Jesus spoke to his followers in John 14, and he said, I go to prepare a place for you, pay attention, that where I am, you may be also. So his whole mission, his whole purpose is to get him in, to get us into his physical presence. These are the words of a Jewish bridegroom to his bride. Now, the way that a Jewish wedding ceremony was conducted, there was an espousal, there was a long period while a home was built, a place was prepared. And that's what uh, the, the bridegroom does. And then on the day that he's finished, the father, not the bridegroom, but the father, releases him to go. So he doesn't know the day or the hour that he will go after his bride. She doesn't know the day or the hour that he will return. She will get a little bit of advance warning through the friend of the bridegroom who comes and shouts, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Typically, it would be in the nighttime he would come to seize her out of her home, but she would have enough time to gather her bridesmaids and to get her dress on and to prepare herself. He would give just a little bit of notice, and then here he would come. All right. So let's read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Don't you love those terms? We're sleeping in Jesus. We're not fully dead. Our bodies are sleeping. That this is not true of our souls. The Bible does not teach soul sleep for a believer. Our souls don't go to sleep. Our spirits don't go to sleep. We are sleeping only figuratively in body when our bodies die. And it's called sleep because it's a temporary situation. So there's no sorrow like the sorrow of the world. Now, if 
your only view of this is the natural loss that you feel. If all you think about is that your spouse is gone or your friend is gone or one of your parents or someone that you loved dearly is gone, if you focus only on the fact that they have physically departed, you will have great sorrow. It is by focusing on the promise of the Lord that you keep in mind that they are indeed alive and that you will see them again. There is life in all of that, and you can only experience that by revelation. What we see here is that God is going to change the bodies of those who have died before us. Listen to this. He said, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Paul said, this is not my opinion. I'm telling you this because God told me to say it. He said it and I'm repeating it. That's what he's saying. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. That means there are some of us who will see him coming back again. We who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, the word prevent is used in the King James, but it's a word that means go before. We won't go first. The dead in Christ will be raised first. So first thing that happens at the rapture, and it's all going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, you're going to look up and you're going to be surrounded by dead believers that have been raised up from the dead, whose bodies have been restored, and you're going to look around, they're all going to be very young. They're going to look like they're 30 and in their prime. It's going to be amazing. Uh, for the Lord himself bodily, the Lord himself, not, not some spirit of the Lord, not some different manifestation of the Lord, not some attitude of the Lord in the New Testament church, the Lord himself. Remember what the two men said in Acts chapter 1 verse 11, they said to Jesus' disciples, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go to heaven he will come in exactly the same way. He will come in the clouds. He will appear. And at that point in time, when he does that, and this is not, by the way, the second coming. This is the catching away of the church. He will come first for the believers. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Now, What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? Well, first of all, uh, the Lord is going to descend from heaven with a shout. There are going to be three audible manifestations. You're going to hear the voice of the Lord himself, the shout from Jesus. Secondly, there will be also the voice of an archangel. And uh, meaning that this happens when there are demonic powers still present in the atmosphere around the earth, so the archangel will be issuing orders to, no doubt, the armies of angels that are behind him, following him, and also directly rebuking any demonic powers and fallen angels that would try to interfere. Uh, and then there will be the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So uh, this rapture happens before the full cleansing of the earth. It happens while there is still wickedness in our heavenly atmosphere. Now God's going to deal with that too. We're not talking about that today, but that is why you have an archangel present. He is always there to do business for God in the fighting sense, and that more than likely is Michael. So his voice will be heard. It is said then that we are going to be caught up 
to be with the Lord. Now I'm going to go to uh, W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, and we're going to take a look at this word caught up, or it's the word catch, and here it means caught, here it's caught up in English, and it's the Greek word harpezo, and it means to snatch or catch away. It is said of the act of the Spirit of the Lord in regard to Philip who was caught up by the Spirit. We read about that earlier uh, this week, Acts 8.39. It also speaks of Paul being caught up into paradise. You can read that word in 2 Corinthians 12 twice, verse 2, and then also in verse 4. It is used of the rapture of the saints at the return of the Lord. That's what we're reading here, 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Uh, it's used again of the rapture of a man-child in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 5. So, I know there are people who say, oh, this word rapture is not even in the Bible. Well, of course not, because rapture is a Latin word, and the Bible wasn't written in Latin. Raptier is the Latin word, but it comes from a Greek word which was used in the Bible, and it's harpezo, and it means, listen to this, it conveys the idea of force suddenly exercised. It's not a slow reach down. It is a reaching very quickly, taking by force, uh, it is also translated pluck, pull, snatch, take, seize by force. That's what's going to happen. Now, why would the Lord have to do that? And it's like I said, when this event takes place, there will still be a spirit of darkness around the earth. There still will be powers and principalities and the rulers of darkness of this world and wicked spirits in high places. This rapture will take place while they are still in their element. They are going to be defeated shortly after it, but the rapture will happen when they are still here. And don't you know it's going to be a shock to them? they will be helpless and powerless to do anything about this. These are people that they helped to kill. These are people who they discouraged. These are the people that they tried to oppress. These are the people that they resisted all of their lives. And now they see they have been resurrected, not just figuratively, but bodily. They have been pulled up out of the graves. And they know they're in trouble. They know they're in trouble because the lease is up. The time frame for them to have dominion on planet earth, the time that was set by God in the Garden of Eden when he gave a lease of the earth to Adam. He didn't give ownership. He gave a lease. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, Psalm 24.1. When God gave Adam dominion, it was the right to use the earth. That's a lease, and the lease is going to be up. And when the lease is up, you can do anything you want to with the dirt. And he's taken all these bodies made of dirt into heaven glorifying them, resurrecting them, and he's taking them to heaven because the lease is up. That's the word rapture. It's what it means. So this is of great comfort to us. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who make light of this, and they accuse us of, of chickening out, of running away from trouble on planet Earth. Listen to me carefully. Listen very carefully. There are some scriptures, and I've said this before, in the book of Daniel about how the Antichrist is going to make war with the saints. The book of Revelation talks about the Antichrist making war with the saints. I get that. What it means is there will be people who come to faith in Jesus 
after the rapture of the church. And that's who the devil is going to make war against. He cannot keep us here. This is important, very important. Too many people are looking at God's plan for the church in the book of Daniel. The rapture of the church is not introduced in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is a wonderful book. It has a lot to say. It mostly concerns the children of Israel, but it is not about the church of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the plan of God is for the church, you've got to look into the New Testament where the mysteries of the church are explained. When you go back to any of the Old Testament prophets, and they're all wonderful and they prophesied accurately, but they did not have a revelation of the church. They didn't know the church. They didn't understand the church. None of them prophesied about the church. We read earlier this week that the church was locked up in the heart of God. It was a mystery in the heart of God. So I want to know about God's plan for me because I'm in the church. I look at those New Testament scriptures. I can learn things from Daniel. You bet. Isaiah, Zechariah, they're one. Psalms is loaded with great messianic prophecy. Almost all of that pertains to the world and to the nation of Israel. And having said this last statement, I want to remind you of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32. It's where the Apostle Paul says, Give no offense to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Those are the three totally distinct people groups that Jesus sees on planet Earth. He does not treat them all the same. He has a way of dealing with each one. And the church, according to the scriptures, has a date with Jesus to be raptured, caught up, seized. Don't let anybody steal this from you. Make you feel guilty for this. Don't let anybody do that because you have an amazing future with Christ. That's all the time I have for this week, but we're not done. We'll pick up here next week. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.